Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from NEO, and uh, here I am recording a podcast episode uh, together with a uh, wonderful guest on the uh, podcast episode from all the way from California, Ashley Sun. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Rick. Hey. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on the on the podcast. Ashley, you work yes. for um, for Lending Club, right? And I've seen yes. I've seen some of the um, videos of Graph Connect, and I've read a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing. But mm-hmm. why don't you introduce introduce yourself to our uh, to our listeners? Um, okay, so hi, I'm Ashley, and I work on the DevOps team at Lending Club, based in San Francisco. Um, I work a lot on deployment and release automation, and uh, I use Neo4j to do it. Wow, that's great. And uh, how long have you been doing uh, work with Neo4j, Ashley? Is it, has it been for a long time already? Or? Um, uh, only a little over a year, I'd say. So I've, my, my manager first introduced it to me. I think he kind of stumbled upon graph databases on Twitter or something, and he's like, hey, um, check out this, this new thing called Neo4j. And so we kind of started playing around with it and it quickly evolved from, you know, just like a side project to being like a really critical part of um, our, of a lot of our uh, release and deployment automation and infrastructure mapping and uh, app, app auto discovery and a lot of other things, actually. That, well, that's a great segue into, you know, what do you guys use it for exactly? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so we use it for a lot, a lot of things, actually. So as I was saying, I guess it was kind of very opportunistic uh, what we started using when we started using Neo4j. Um, we had a lot of problems in DevOps, some growth pains, you know. So we started, you know, with maybe like five microservices, and a couple years later, we're like almost at 150. And so it was getting really difficult to manage and keep track of all these of all these services. And so what we did is uh, we used Neo4j to keep track of all these instances. We had them radio home. So we have this uh, this internal app called MacGyver. So we had them radio home every minute to MacGyver. And MacGyver would save all these app instances in Neo4j. And so already immediately, we just gained a lot of visibility into what services were out there, where they were running, um, a lot of info like that. And it was really low maintenance. It was easy to scale. We didn't have to do any work because these new instances would just keep reporting back to MacGyver and get saved into Neo4j. And so from there, we were like, oh, this is, this is really useful. So we're going to take this a step further. And so at Lending Club, uh, we use blue-green deployments. And so basically, this just me- means that uh, we have two pools for every app. And at any given time, only one pool is live. And so we didn't have a good way before to track what pool was live and what pool was dark. And so we started using Neo4j uh, we were already mapping our app check-ins. And so we took that and then kind of within Neo4j created these server nodes, which we then mapped to belong to pool nodes, which we then mapped um, to belong to service groups. And so by keeping track of what servers existed in what pool and whether that pool was live or dark, we were able to automate our releases. And so whereas before it was releases were very manual we'd have to like go into this GUI and like check check mark all these boxes and it was just very tedious and very time consuming and so now with Neo4j we were keeping track of all this info and so it was it was just really quick it was like a flip of a switch and we could make a make a pool live or dark or even like 
uh, really easily like look up what pool is live and uh, also we use it to like track the health of our instances and our apps um, so that was also really really important and that's what we're using now for for uh, deployments Super cool. I, I, by the way, I love the naming. I am a big fan of MacGyver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I actually, uh, my, my manager came up with the idea of the name and I had no idea what MacGyver was. It was a little before my time. I was like, is that like MacGruber from SNL? Or... <laughs> yeah. So I had, I had to watch an episode of, of MacGyver to kind of. Well, you know, uh, I guess it, I, I'm showing my age here a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, but um, actually, so so um, so it's basically what you're using it for, like dependencies between all the microservices. Is that what I'm hearing? You know, you you're basically tracking everything with these um, pingbacks, uh, these automated pingbacks. But then you you you're you're mapping that onto like a model of all of your mi microservices. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, yes, that's correct. So taking the instances and then kind of arranging that data in a way that becomes useful so that we know where our apps are and what what's live at any time and what's dark. And also even, um, so we're mapping these dependencies from like uh, services. So we map them onto, for example, vCenter, vCenter instances and vCenter hosts. And then we take those vCenter arrays and then uh, map those to our storage arrays and our storage volumes. And so what we get is like this huge mapping of our infrastructure. Um, so for example, if we want to find um, like a single point of failure, for example. So if we have an app called I don't know, ABC and all of its instances reside on one uh, vCenter v -center host, then if that host goes down, then our entire app is wiped out. So that's a single point of failure. And so we use Neo4j to keep track of things like that, um, to avoid these, you know, it would be like a huge disaster if that were to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I seem to recall from, from one of your talks that you also, um, you know, use this tooling to help you guys uh, uh, do more stuff with Amazon, with Amazon Web Services. Is that, is that Can you tell us a little bit more about that, or uh, did I get that completely wrong? No, no, you're totally right. So one of our... Uh, multi-year projects is we're moving into AWS, and so we're just we're just starting that process now. But um, already we are mapping a ton of AWS stuff into Neo4j. So, for example, like our uh, VPCs, our subnets, uh, availability zones, our RDS instances and uh, EC2 instances. Um, those map to like uh, load balancers, auto scaling groups, launch configs, and so we. You can you can tell already. It's just like a huge a huge map in Neo for Jane. So there's all these different parts, but we kind of are able to make sense of it by mapping mapping relationships together in in Neo for J. And also, as we move into AWS, we'll start using Code Deploy, but again, using Neo for J um, to kind of automate that and and put that into MacGyver, so, so that cool. developers at any time can say, Hey, I need an instance, and I want to I want I don't know, I want to launch this app onto it. It'll just be really simple, and uh, we'll use MacGyver and Neo4j to do that. Super cool. So so, um, so that sort of um, uh, brings me to, to the question that I ask everyone on this podcast, you know, why Neo4j, you know, why a graph database to, to do what you're doing? You know, was there a specific reason for that, you know, or, 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 or is there anything you want to call out that you really like about it uh, in mm -hmm. your current environment? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I guess... 
first off, the low latency and it's really the ad hoc querying is super, super useful. Um, I think another thing that really stands out to me is how flexible and scalable uh, Neo4j is. Um, so, you know, we started small just with app instances, but it's really easy to build new layers and new relationships um, on top of already existing ones. And so where we started with just app instances, now it's become this huge infrastructure mappings of like so many different types of nodes. But um, it's really cool how with Neo4j this, um, your data set can really easily evolve and grow um, in terms of complexity or structure. Um, and I think that's been like, it's just so easy to use and that's why we've been able to keep using it. And also obviously it's just really good at, you know, graphing relationships between things um, and mappings. So that's what I really, really yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. Do you guys use Cypher at all to do like the interactive querying or? Um, or yeah, really, yeah. yeah we, so actually within whatever we have like a web interface for Neo4j and people can enter in uh, Cypher queries to oh, look nice. up stuff. Super cool. Mm -hmm. Very good. So um, where is it going, Ashley? You know, uh, where are you guys going to take Neo4j uh, in the future? Uh, any, any perspectives on that? I'd love to know more about that. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, it's already like a really integral part of MacGyver and we're just kind of using it um, to hold everything together. And MacGyver also has become like a central point of information. So, you know, as I said, as we move into AWS, we're going to keep putting all that stuff into Neo4j. We also um, are using it to track uh, our asset, asset management and even, uh, so as I was saying before, the infrastructure mapping you know, we could add network and database components into that and get, like, just keep building the infrastructure map, keep building our AWS map. And um, another thing that's on the roadmap is to utilize those those app instance check-ins um, to create a service registry for all of our apps. And so that way we can keep track of, you know, who owns this app, or maybe if we map it to GitHub repos, um, what repo is it, or what Jenkins job does this correspond to, or you know, is this app public? And so we'll have a service registry of all our apps where people can go and just, you know, find out info that otherwise would be difficult to pin down. Super cool. I mean, I mean, I think it's a it's a great use case for for Neo4j, and uh, you know, I'm so happy that you guys uh, found your way to it and uh, and are getting good use of out of Neo4j. Yeah, so yeah me a, too. Yeah, it's really great, and. Um, I think we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap up the podcast for now. Um, I really want to thank you for coming on uh, on uh, online and uh, and of talking course. to us about it. Uh, mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I'll share a couple of links uh, to your uh, video from Graph Connect. Uh, oh yeah, uh, of course. On the blog post as well. So um, and uh, I look forward to hearing more about you guys uh, as you guys expand and uh, as you guys grow the grow the service with uh, Neo4j. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Thanks for so having much, me. Thanks, Ashley. Bye. Bye.